right, this is According to Callus, and this is going to be a special deviation, if you will, from the normal podcast activities. I just felt the need to do this because it kind of is instrumental and it kind of shapes who I am as an adult. Maybe it should, or maybe it shouldn't, but I think it's safe to say that without this, I wouldn't be around to be who I am, which is not to say I was suicidal. Don't go there. Just meaning I, I would have ended up an entirely different person or an entirely different place, possibly. And uh, when I when I say what it is, you know, people that know me well will be like, "Oh yeah, it totally makes sense." Other people are like, "What?" So let me just tell you a little story. I have no idea how long this is going to take, so please bear with me. Uh, I I think it's going to be enjoyable. Uh, we're going to probably make a three-part series out of this so that I can give proper time to each of the three items I'm going to refer to. And there will probably be a second three-parter at some point in the distant future when I get around to it. Um, so as you know, I've done uh, a number of book reviews and... Um, some of them are directly pertinent to what's going on in the world today, which is why I've chosen to do them when I did. I have every intention of going back and reviewing a number of books, or at least summarizing and discuss the ideas in the books that I've read over the years. But all of that may not have ever come around if it wasn't for something that I stumbled upon. And I'm going to say it was the summer of 19... 85, um, it is possible it was 86. Um, the reason why is, you know, I was all of a, a teenager back then and some of those times have blended together. Um, what happened is my neighbor, um, who was about a year younger than I was, came over and had a cassette tape, and for those of you that don't know what that is, that predates the compact disc, which predates the MP3, and basically, it was called Christian Rock, and (laughs) the most ironic part about it is, it was hated immediately, by large sects of society that I belong to, that would be the Christian church. Now, the church I went to had its own special brand of problem, if you will. And I'll get to that in just a second. I'm sorry, I had to go in the uh, Wayback Machine, otherwise known as the Internet, to look up to make sure I got the details correct. So it would have been... the summer of 1986 and the neighbor brought over this Christian rock and uh, he had a cassette tape. Now the odd thing about it is he's like, yeah, I don't really care for it. It's, it's okay. You might like it out. The name, there were three cassette tapes I had, but the name of the one that really struck me was called beat the system. And I think I played that tape till I nearly wore it out. There was just really a couple of songs on there. Really, I just loved listening to them. And then when I went and listened to the other two tapes, there were even more songs that I liked 
as much or better. But the following year in October, and, and this is funny because I had forgotten. I, I really seem to remember it was in the, the summer or the fall, but according to this, it was October 14th, 1986 at the Oriental Theater. And I've always remembered that part of the deal in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So Petra came live and toured. And the thing is, is the, the local Christian radio station was up in arms. It was so terrible, evil. We're all going to die. We're going to hell. And honestly, just, (laughs) I couldn't help but feel like it was overblown and ridiculous. And uh, to the credit of my uh, church that I grew up in, didn't quite take it to that extreme, though they had uh, their own issues that maybe someday I'll talk about. But so Petra came in concert and I got to tell you to this day, to this day, it's the best concert that I've ever been to. Bar none. Not, n- nothing else even comes close in my mind. And perhaps that's not fair, but I mean, it was the first uh, tour that had the guy by the name of John Schlitt step into the role as being the uh, lead singer. I was expecting Greg X. Bolts because he had been the lead singer that had done that. But, so I got this entirely different guy and I was just like, flabbergasted and floored at how great it was and as much of an odd duck as I might have been in middle school or whatever else I had something I could latch on to and I really enjoyed it and there was hundreds or if not thousands of people there that were into it as well so be that is the case we're now we're gonna rewind back to the first of what I call the 80s trifecta that is the last three albums that Greg Eggs did with Petra. And the first of the three in my trifecta would be More Power To Ya. Now it's followed up by Not Of This World. And then, of course, Beat The System, right? So those are the big three or the um, trifecta, if you will, in my mind, of the 80s. That doesn't take anything away from anything else that came after it or even before it. But th- So that was my introduction. That was where I learned what was going on here. And I, and now as a near middle-aged man, I, I look back at my childhood, my teenage years, and I have the same affection for this as like my father did for the beach boys. You know, this is, this was my youth. This is what was the big deal to me. And for the, for me, the most interesting thing is that every one of these songs the lyrics were taken from scripture and on the, on the album, more power to you. There are 10 songs, um, stand up second wind, more power to you. Of course, uh, Judas kiss that that will get its own little special mention here in a minute, followed by rose colored stained glass windows. Again, I might have mentioned that a time or two run for the prize all over me. And then Greg X volts wrote, let everything that hath breath. Now I got to tell you, that song still is moving in not just to me, but other people. and then the road to Zion, which is done by Mike Hudson and then disciple, which, so those eight other songs were written by Bob Hartman. Now, Bob Hartman was their lead guitarist as well as a vocalist, but without Bob Hartman, there's no Petra, at least not the Petra I knew. So that being said, so, 
this music, if you will, was incredible to me at the time because I grew up listening to big band music when I was with my grandparents. And then when I wasn't with my grandparents, I was listening to 50s and 60s music. Now, I got to tell you, as I got into my 30s and 40s, it was very fun and enjoyable to be able to relate to and talk to people that were 20 and 30 years older than me and know exactly or at least very closely to what they were listening to. And it was a fun thing to build a rapport with. And honestly, most all that music is better than anything that's being played now. And I, I actually, I didn't even really listen to normal radio music until probably about 86 or 87. And then that was kind of at the, eh, the end. Well, I guess maybe midway through the big eighties, right? The, all that fun music that kind of went away about 1993. So this was what I knew. This is, what I spent most of my time. Now I have a friend, I don't know if he's listening to me now, but he thought it quite humorous that every time he got with me, the only thing I had playing was Petra. (laughs) In fact, he, he would mock me to a point that, you know, you got to listen to something else sooner or later. And my response was why I like this. So, but let me just back up just a second here as we go through that album list. So the special mention that I gave was Judas kiss. Now you want to talk about a pretty aggressive and hard song. The opening couple seconds, they actually did a back mask to it. <laughs> now, for those of you who aren't my age or a little older, you probably have no idea what that means. And that's okay. It was this thing in the 80s. And I guess he, perhaps as far back as the early or late 70s, where there's a whole lot of people that had a whole lot of time on their hands that were very, very concerned that the devil was reaching us by listening to music backwards. So Petra's response was to record something, play it backwards at the intro of their song, and it basically said, what are you looking for the devil for when you ought to be looking for the Lord? I mean, how can you not just hear that and laugh? And it's a very good point, right? If you're always going looking for the worst in things, if you're always looking for the devil in things, you're going to be unhappy. You're going to be negative. You're going to always see the worst things. <laughs> I, I mean, to that, to this day, I'm sorry. It, I just find it humorous and enjoyable that somebody had the stones to do that. And I just, I really enjoy that. I'm sorry. Now, unfortunately, the, uh, the way I'm looking this up, I can't necessarily pull up the lyrics for whatever reason, but that's okay. Just suffice it to say in the, in the cassette tape cover, they had a little fold out piece of paper inside. They would have all the lyrics written out. And then the lyrics, it would show the Bible verses that were being referenced. I thought that was pretty darn good. That's impressive. I mean, to hear pastors or to hear the, uh, Guys over at, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it, VCY, which ironically enough was the voice of Christian youth, and clearly they hadn't been speaking to Christian youth for about 20 years at the time that I was uh, going through all this, but all the music was inspired by scripture and written to correspond with it, and he notated it. How cool is that? So I referenced the uh, kind of special thing about Judas Kiss. And then 
rose-colored stained glass windows. I won't try and sing it. I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to poke, poke this on pause and I'm going to look up the lyrics so that I can read them so you can have an appreciation for the message that was being sent. All right. I'm going to try really hard to just read this without wanting to play the tune in my head. Another sleepy Sunday, safe within the walls. Outside, a dying world in desperation calls. But no one hears the cries or knows what they're all about. The doors are locked from within, or is it from without? Looking through those rose-colored stained glass windows, never allowing the world to come in, seeing no evil and feeling no pain, making the light as it comes from within, so dim. Out on the doorstep lay the masses in decay. Ignore them long enough, maybe they'll go away. When you have so much, you think... You have so much to lose. You think you have no lack when you're really destitute. Looking through the rose-colored stained glass windows. Stained glass windows. Never allowing the world to come in. They won't let me come in is the refrain back. See no evil and feeling no pain. No feel, no pain. Making the light as it comes from within so dim. The light's so dim, so dim. The light is so dim. Now, see, I, I'm not Greg Exvold, so I can't, <laughs> I can't do this justice. Looking through the rose-colored stained glass windows, never allowing the world to come in, seeing no evil and feeling no pain, making the light as it comes from within so dim, so dim. So, and you're thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, Stephen, you've talked about stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I have. And I wish I could say this was an original idea or that, I, you know, I'm something special that I came up with it on my own. But really, it's not. It, but it's it pre-exists. And it's there to remind you that we have a job to do. And, and the, the interesting thing is the other nine songs are all relatively related in the sense that just talking about different things in your relationship with the Lord and how you function, how you do things, but it's done in a way that it gets in your head. It's kind of like the earworm. You think it and you hear that you hear it playing your head when you're reciting the lyrics and you want to sing along. And to this day, <laughs> which probably drives my kids nuts. I can't control myself. If it's playing in the car, I'm singing aloud and I'm probably going to be quite loud and quite off key. But I got to tell you, this is the first of the trifecta. And, and never mind the fact that it had this super cool looking guitar spaceship looking thing on the front of it. I mean, it was the 80s. What can you say? And then when you go back to the one previous, it's like a submarine guitar. I mean, they they really were having some fun there. And again, it, it's it's just part of what's going on. And I... It, it really played a large part. I would think about the things that I've heard and the things that I essentially learned by listening to this music. Unfortunately for me, it really took me years to go back and actually look to the scripture that it was based upon. But without that, where might I have gone? What, what, what might I have 
allowed myself to be taken with. This was a instrumental thing because at the time when this is, you know, I pick up these three tapes at the same time in the, you know, beginning of 1986, essentially. And I'm a 15 year old. I, or I guess I technically wasn't even 15. I'm 14. You know, it's just weird place. Nobody really remembers being 14 in a positive way. Uh, I mean, even the, even the guys that ruled the school, they had their own insecurities, they had their things going on. And, you know, there's a, there's challenges. It's, it's just part of all that's going on around you. And I had this. And then later on in life, when I couldn't necessarily think of something, but I could remember all oh, those lyrics, they talked about this. They talked about that. Yeah, that matters. And it was a grounding function. And the, and the sad thing to me personally, the sad thing is that I don't think, I don't think the, you, that the people that dealt with us when we were in youth group got it. And, and there were, there was some minor pushback and, you know, enough time has gone by that some of these things are muddy. I mean, it's been 35 years. I haven't really given it that much thought about some of the things that I dealt with when I was growing up in a, well, I'm going to save that for some other time, but let's just say the church that I attended was not a church that I would wish upon anybody that was like me. It was fine for some, and I'm sure those some benefited, but I was not one of them. And rather than be bitter, I found some place that I was able to adapt, that I was able to grow, that I became who I am. And then as time went on, I moved, I did different things, life happened, and you adapt, and you continue to grow, and you continue to become what you are eventually going to be. Now, depending on how Calvinistic you are, you might say you were preordained to be there whether you wanted to be or not, but I still leave you with the idea that you can have free will and you can be predestined. The idea being that you make choices, but you're going to end up ultimately in a place that was already foresaw for new. It's kind of weird. It's kind of a deep, heavy subject, but the idea that you make peace with that is brought about the, by the idea that there's something bigger than you, that there's something beyond you, that there's no need to understand everything, but the fact that you can rest easy on that there are just certain things that are out of your control and you accept them and you move on and you adapt but you know that there's one thing that doesn't change and it's always there and it's stable. So no matter how challenging life gets, you can rest easy on that. So this is going to be the end of part one. It's a little short. It's sweet. It is more or less the album review related to more power to you. And again, it's the first of the trifecta. And uh, we'll finish that out uh, probably in two weeks. I'm going to spread these out, I think. I think this is a good Thursday uh, kind of review. And, and I would 
I will tell you that if you have not heard some of these old albums, or if you prefer CDs or perhaps even MP3s, if you're 20 years old and you listen to the, I'll call it trash that's put out today, hey, take a trip down memory lane. Go back to about 1982, 83, 85, and go listen to the music that was being made back then. Now, keep in mind, these guys are good. But they maybe even weren't even the best in the world. But they were good. And listen to the things that they're able to do and the vocals they do and compare that to what they try to pass off as music today. I have zero interest in destroying everything that came from the past. So I'm certain there's something being made today that is good. I just haven't run across it. Now my daughter might think otherwise, but I mean, this is my uh, youth, my childhood, uh, and it's recorded for you to listen to. And if you're my age and you think to yourself, oh man, I remember that. Hey man, go back to the rock. Go back and uh, spend some time listening to what is now essentially classic rock. Classic Christian rock. How how can you believe that we got to be here, right? Um, So next one up, it is going to be Not of This World. And then we will cap it off with None other than beat the system. Hey, with that, this is according to Callus, and I will see you on a week when we, in a week when we come back for the part two of this. But don't forget, I'm going to probably have at least three or four other episodes in between now and then. Until then, I'll see you on the other side.